Blog Talk Radio.
The True Israelites, with your host, the seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. Um, 
uh, Big Camp called and say, look, dear, we're having a lot of problems with our stomach. And uh, can you give us some verses to change to the problem we have with our stomach? I said, well, well we started, but we were, well, they gave me two. And another Big Camp gave me about what color is the Israelite. So I'll tell you what, let me let us finish off a little bit on the color of the Israelites. Then what we'll do to the Judas, we'll find out exactly what causes the problem with the belly in time to come. But one thing we do know, Sister Judas, in Proverbs 24, verse 9, Proverbs 24, verse 9. Look at that video. Proverbs 24, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 9. Verse 9 reads, The thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. You see that? He said, The thought. Uh, foolishness is sin. And um, what's the rest of that verse there again, Mr. Judas? You say that, so otherwise, if your thoughts ain't right, see, now listen, especially when you are taking that atonement, and you are taking that atonement, you want a clean slate from this point on until probably you make the next atonement. But if your thoughts is a foolishness, what is that again, Mr. Judas? Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. Well, verse, verse, nine. Nine. The thought of, verse 9. The thought of foolishness is sin, and a scorner is an abomination to men. And, and a scorner is in a, is an abomination to men. So you got, you got those that have foolish things that come out their mouth, Mr. Judith. And remember, when, when you got people that got foolish things come out their mouth, the thought of sin is foolishness. Now, how do you know when a person is foolish, foolishness around you? All you got to just they say out their mouth. Especially if you were hooked up to six anointing camp, because what you're supposed to have come out your mouth is the law of Yahweh. But they'll come out their mouth is foolishness. And that's when you're supposed to put the, you're supposed to uh, do the, um, Romans chapter 16, verse 17. And when, you, when you're around any members of a sixth anointed camp and foolishness come out of your mouth, what do we got written in Romans 16, 17 there, uh, Sister Judith? Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Romans chapter 16, verse 17 reads, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the teaching which ye have learned and avoid them. See that? So you see what you both do there? So if somebody pull you to the side in one of the six anointed counties, and they ain't got no book to show you no scriptures. And they just talk foolishness. Now, 
to avoid to avoid them. Son, but their own belly 
and by good words and fair speeches deceive the minds of the simple. Well, we are not the simple because we are educated in the words of Yaqua. That's Donald Trump. Donald Trump says he loves the uneducated because they're easy to convert. And so does Satan the devil. He loves the uneducated too in 2 Corinthians. But we're here to educate you on the words of Yaqua so you can pass this righteousness <laughs> on to others. You remember the non-righteous job is always to lead you astray, to keep confusion in your mind and hearts. We're here to help guide you through these dark times of bad teaching and loud bump the dumps for righteous learning and Christianity. And we speak about this each and every broadcast. We welcome and thank all of you for attending another live broadcast of Alcohol's Ministry. That comes to you live and opens you always with new and exciting topics from the King James Bible. And first and foremost, about Yahuwah's Word. Learning how to connect the books, your health, and foods that you should eat and keep in the Sabbath days. All this is done because you have not. This is the information that you came to seek and have now found that, and the voices of the true Israelites, tribe of Yadav, were open unto you from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m on the days of Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Having no class on Tuesday, but we do have a Sabbath class. The top part of Sabbath is Friday. Class time starts at 7.30 to 10.30. And the bottom part of the Sabbath is Saturday. We have a temple class that starts at 12 p.m. And the online class that starts at 2 to 5 p.m. until the temple members desire to leave. We also we also have a website. Have a website. To use this on any search engine, type tribeyada.com. And after you click enter, once again, look for tribeyada.com. Dash Israelites. This will take you to a big liner where you'll see some choices. One of the choices will be tribes and offerings. Click PayPal and follow those instructions. On any other device, you possibly might see menu. But again, after clicking this, you'll still see choices. Doing so, remember what it tells us in the book of Psalms, chapter 96, verse 7, and verse number 8. 7 says, Give unto the Aqua, O your kindred to the people. Give unto the Aqua glory and strength. 8. Give unto the Aqua the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Now, I always remember that when you're doing this, to remember that Yaqua loves that you're forgiver. And also donations to this ministry is greatly appreciated that you give according to the Bible scriptures that are mentioned in the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse number 30, and once again mentioned in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 8, and verse number 9. This is done to keep you. This is done to keep this ministry bringing you thus says Yaqua alive. Also for building a school, a banquet hall, radio station, and land to grow the health foods we continue to speak of on this program. Hallelujah. And also by getting a radio station, we will also have less noise on our broadcast that distracts those when we're talking. Also while there, don't forget to check the calendar. It will help keep you, your family, and friends 
and two with the feast days that come to us throughout the year. We also have a live program, which is a feature that's available during our broadcast time by entering three words, Yagua Radio Live. And after you click enter, look for Voices of the Trizalites, Tribal God Dog. And click the red live button as soon as it appears. It'll put you right into a live online broadcast. Also, we have a few numbers you can call with Yahoo and Mike. The first being our live conference room number, which is 319-527-6065. The other number is 224-600-5579. This is our international number. We can call and... You can call and leave a message on scriptures that you may have questions on, which can be answered by any one of the six and nine accounts of the Alphonse ministry. Also, by calling the same number, you can order what our members know as the 12 programs via the 12 tribes of Israel on DVD. On another note, Please do not contact us here via email, phone, or text before broadcast or afterwards. He's usually pretty busy with the WCC, the New York Station stockholder, Mr. Cigar Man, and answering many memos, and now even in addition to that, the Latter-day Saints. So please use the international line of 224-600-5579. And if the question is legit, you will receive a call back. Unless you call trying to teach. I have to remind you, we'll only hear the strategy that's on. So we can start to get into our teaching and hopefully have a lot of less background noise. We'll be able to hear the words of Yahweh. So we'll pass our program over to our seer Israel and say, Haru Yahweh. All right, Haru Yahweh on that. Again, we want to touch back on we didn't we didn't complete. Well, the children of Israel got to be. We have to be in the know. This is the time now. Yahweh is watching those and showing through the ministry. Exactly who will just not only read this Bible, but apply this Bible, but understand this Bible. See, we got to really understand this Bible because the enemy have done it. His job was prophesied in Adam and Eve, chapter 57, 1 through 11. You done his part. No doubt about it. Nine times for to do our part. We're going to go back. Matter of fact, you see, you know, one of the young lions coming on stage. Um, that
this is the greatest piece of knockout bowl it is. It's applying and understanding what you're reading in Duck Head Young Rock. So when you meet the young lion with a lot of boys, you say, Young lion, brother Titus is great. Young Rock, people have seen great. Yahweh bless you there. See Israel of Seed Roy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah there, young lion. That's excellent. See, that's why it's very important to understand that you have to have to understand that especially especially if you a Thirty eight, a young line. Give me that thirty seven verse twelve of the book of the rock before I go back to my computer. Uh, what it says that we can read in thirty seven verse twelve. The book of the rock. Chapter thirty seven. Verse twelve reads. But be continually with Yahweh man, who you know it, the key. The commandments of Yahweh, whose mind is according to your mind, and will solve with you, if you shall miscarry. Mm-hmm. So, the reason why we're in trouble today, because we do not make a Yahweh decision in our relationship. And once that man understand that he must be a Yahweh man. The definition of Yahweh man is written in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. The definition of a Yahweh man, because a man would say they are a Yahweh man. Phone is uh, too close to another phone. What, what is, what is the definition of a Yahweh man? What is the definition of a Yahweh man? So sometimes somebody might come to you and want to fix it on the camp. The reason I'm focusing on the fixing on the camp because the six camps from. South Carolina, Maryland, Springfield, Kankakee, Detroit, and this one. You're going to have to understand what this Bible says and watching the members that come in your congregation. You cannot say that you led the Yahweh man leading it, and the Yahweh man is not doing it by example. See, the definition of a Yahweh man is shown in the Bible in 18 chapter number 17 through of Brother Titus. What it says, let's be the foundation of a Yahweh man. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 down to verse 19. Y'all mind, Brother Titus, come on. The book of Genesis, 
chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. The book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 17. Read. And Yahweh said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Verse 18. Said that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth should be blessed in him. Verse 19. For I know him, that he will command his children in his household after him, and they should keep the way of Yahweh to do justice and judgment, that Yahweh may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him.
And let me tell you again, if you do now, you're going to drop the bombshell on this national audience. Now, so take your time and bring that verse out one more, one more again in verse 14. Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14 reads, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. My people that is called by my name, name, he said it is my people. Now he said if my people do this and seek my faith, how he said, his faith. Then then Isaiah 18, verse 4, Judith, get those three out in 18, verse 4. Isaiah 18, verse 4. Get those three out there in 18, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 18, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 18, verse 4 reads, But so the Yahweh said unto me, I will take my rest, and I will consider in my dwelling place, like a clear heat upon herds, and like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. He said, I'm going back. He said, I'm just going to sit in heaven on the right hand of my father. I'm just going to watch you. No, he just said, I'm going to watch you and see what you see my face. Now, now, that, now that's a big talk. So now, so when you do your history checkout, the children of Israel went into captivity on record in 1441 by the Roman Catholic. Um, his name is um, Nicholas V, and it, and he told of Portugal and Spain, if they do not convert to be Christ-like Christianity, then they go in perpetual slavery. Take everything they got, take their children, take them to the aisle called Thomas, Angola, Jenny, and reprogram them until they understand they must be a good Christian. So, if you are a good Christian today, do you know the foundation of that come from the Catholic Church? Being a good Christian today, so 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 we clear that if you are Christian, you're not seeking his faith by being a Christian. Because a Christian came from being Converted your little one and propaganda, and, this, and another thing happened. Queen Elizabeth and King Pharaoh jumped Granada and the heir and Judah Benjamin Levite that became known as Moore. The word more only means a skin texture. 
is not a nationality. They have no land. So the Moors only means black skin. That's all it means. It's not a people. It just means black skin. So that's the word Ethiopia means black skin. So do the word more. That's all it means. But by propaganda, it came into the nationality or religion and everything else. But the word more in Ethiopia is in its tangle. All it means is people of dark-skinned people. So if you are dark-skinned people, you can be called two names. You can be called Ethiopian, and you can be called more. So both the words mean the same. So now, when they went into captivity, they took on these titles. And Thanos and Queen Isabella jumped Granada and told them, either you convert to be a Christian and Christianity and, and talk to the Lord God and Jesus, or get out, or we're going to kill you, or convert. What they do? They convert. So that's what happened. And, and remember, when Christopher Columbus came here, it's very important to understand, Robert, before we jump back in these scriptures. When Christopher Columbus came here, he brought five more, which only means black, that knew the people here that was already here, the 10 Northern tribe. They was already here. But he was turned coat. These ones converted to be a quick upon the Isabella and Ferno. And they cast a title called the Moors, which only means black skinned people, just like the Ethiopian means black skinned people. That's all these two words mean. Okay. But these was the kind that was but when they convert to, to be a Christian, uh, young lion, they became what? A young lion in Maccabees 1, 11 down to verse 15. What happened when they became to be Christian? When, when, they, when they jumped in and became Moors or Ethiopians, both words mean people of color. Who was these people that did that? According to First Maccabees chapter one, eleven down to verse fifteen. Hey, young man, what did they First Maccabees chapter one, verse eleven down to verse fifteen. First Maccabees chapter one, verse eleven reads: In those days, went there out of Israel, Judah, of the king, wicked man, who would sway me. Saying, let us go and make a covenant with the heathen, who the word nation of Esau and five sons that are round about us. But since we depart from there, we have much sorrow. Verse 12 reads, so this device pleased them well. Verse 13, then served the people which so forward herein that they went to the king who gave them license to do after the ordinance of the heathen, nation of Esau and five sons. Verse 14, 
Whereupon they build a place of exercise. And Yadah Judah, according to the custom of the heathen, nation of Esau and his five sons, verse 15, and made themselves uncircumcised and forsook the righteous covenant and joined themselves to the heathen through the word nation of Esau and his five sons that was sold to do mischief. Mm-hmm. Now, that's great. Now, now you just heard what they did with the Israelites they did. Join themselves. But don't analyze this. I want to know is that the record? I want to know is that the record to do that? Um, help me out there, Elder Mr. Chill. Help those see out. If that's the record, if that's what we're supposed to do, we join in with the other nations. Is that is that the is that biblically? Because you don't have some that's gonna come and tempt the six anointing camps and say, Well, can we join in with you or you join in with us? So we know it's gonna happen. But is that biblical? See what you gotta remember when Sister Judas read a verse earlier showing you the definition of, of sin. She brought that verse out, and we're not going back over it. you got to catch it. That part is broadcast earlier. But what I want to know, Elder Mr. Kill, I want to know what do Yahweh said behind the end of conversation, not the fact of Let's see how close and contact with this uh, conversation was going on there, Yodel. And Exodus 33, what do you tell we can read in verse number 11 and 16? Exodus 33, verse 11 and 16, Elder Mr. Chia. What can say, Yodel? Okay. In the book of uh, Exodus. Looking at uh, chapter 33, reading verses number 11 and verse number 16. 11 says, And the young one spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again unto the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. Verse number 16 says, For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? It is not in that thou goest with us, so we shall be separated. I and thy people from all the people that are on the face of the earth. Now he said, now he looked almighty himself. He said, now, how will I know all this good stuff? Since we, if the people of 12 tribes, is separated from all of the nations on earth. Now, Rephael, he's sitting there with almighty himself. Almighty the creator, me and you. Now, if this was supposed to be a rainbow thing, 
Don't you know Moses would have knew some about it? Moses would have knew some about it right here when Moses asked the question. He said, no, Moses. It's all about, uh, you know, rainbow. You know, being where you're sitting at. Everybody plays a part, but not the part of the driver. See, what we trying to tell you, the only way you're going to kick his face, you got to know his order of body. The children of Israel is a separate people from the rest of the nation. They are the drivers of the, the vehicle called salvation. The only way the world will get salvation is by following the drivers of salvation, which is the children of Israel. Hold that part there, um, Hilda. I want you to go to 32 and pick a verse 6, but, but young mind. Give me Philippians chapter 1, 28, and we'll read down until we hear a little something. In Philippians chapter 1, you have a line by Titus, and 1, 28, let's read this until we get our point. If something there, if else here, I want you to bring out a point. And Philippians chapter 1, verse number 28, just read a little bit there. You have a line, come on. The book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 28, read. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. And in nothing, terrified by your adversary, which is to them an evident token of prediction, but to you of salvation and that of Yahweh. Verse 29. Read that again. Hold on, young man. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let's marinate what you just said. Read that again and take your time, young man, because you read for the national audience. You know, although you was reading for you to carry on this good work, but you just you just made a final statement out there, verse twenty-eight. And I, I don't want you to kind of gobble up too fast. That was a, a final statement I heard you read, and that's one twenty-eight. Read that one twenty-eight again, there, young man. The Book of Philippians, chapter one. Verse 28 reads, And in nothing terrified by your adversary, which is to them an evident token of prediction, but to you of salvation and that of Yahweh. Uh, 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 a token of what? Uh, a young line. Now, now work with me a little bit. It's a token of what? What what did you read that young line? It's a token of what? Prediction. Well, Make it. But but up to you is what? Salvation. Ain't that something? Is you hear what the man is saying? So, yeah, well. In all over the world, rule of the war, all this right here. All this, that you hear propaganda and how this thing, we already know how it's going to unfold itself. But the young lion is talking to the northern kingdom of Israel, along with Judah, Benjamin, Levite, and Simeon. They all scattered out there in Philippi. So now he's talking to them, let them know, don't let nothing jump yet. I'm to be by you. Be 
because all this must come to pass, pass, but unto, unto them, they will be destroyed. That was predicting They will be destroyed. On their destruction, it also will bring you salvation. That's why you have to be word up to understand. Don't let that one out say have you in derision. We know exactly what's going to happen over there. And we know a member of the 12 tribes of Israel have no business in the land over there right now because he's going to muster the battle up between Esau and Aaron. He's going to crank them up to fulfill his will. And by you not knowing these things, you let this thing terrify you. Now, that was a big verse you read there, young lion. So now, read that verse again and take your time for the national orders and we'll do the breakdown, but read that verse 28 again because that, that was a profound verse there. Verse 28 again. The book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 28 reads, And in nothing terrified by your adversary, which is to them, an evidence, token of prediction. But to right. you, of salvation and that of Yahweh. Verse 29. Verse 29. For unto you it is given the behalf of Yahweh the Son, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Verse 30, having the same comfort, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. Is it that? He said, now, just as Yahweh went through a gruesome death, through suffering, he said, you have to do a little suffering too. He said, that was Paul telling me. He said, see me, I'm over here, I'm suffering. Oh, Paul saying. I'm doing a little something about trying to get get with y'all that scattered all these in these lands. But understand one thing. Only Christianity tell you all that good love in and love out. They don't tell you that the worship of the mighty one, when you seek his face, it's gonna it's gonna be some you're gonna get a piece of that word called suffering. So understand Christianity is it's opposite of the Bible because they don't teach you about you going to suffer for getting your salvation. Now, they tell you just believe on uh, their Lord Jesus Christ and come as you are, and then you all happy. You can do anything you want to do as long as you, you, you get to it. You know, that kind of talk. But that don't work according to the Bible. That don't work like that. This thing here, you have to have discipline, and you got to see his face, but you got to be able to tear down all the propaganda in the mind, not physically tear down nobody's anything, but in the mind, you got to tear down the propaganda, because now, Elder, in the 32nd chapter, Elder, of Deuteronomy, look what he says. And we'll pick up verse number six. 
and we're going to read down and, and try to get a precept of what you read about the children of Israel is a separate people from the rest of the nation. And what that means, uh, hey, Sister Judas, what that means in Numbers 15, chapter 15, verse 15, 16, and 29, Sister Judas, what do that mean that we can read in Numbers chapter 15, verse 15, 16, and 29? What it reads, Sister Judas, come on. Numbers chapter 15, verses 15, 16, and 29. Verse 15 reads, One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation and also for the stranger that sojourneth with you. An ordinance forever in your generations as, as ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Yahweh. Verse 16 reads, One law and one manner shall be for you, for the stranger that sojourneth with you. Verse 29 reads, Ye shall have one law. Verse 29 reads, Ye shall have one law for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him that is born among the children of Israel, and for the stranger that sojourneth among them. And and the stranger that sojourneth among the children of Israel. That means the stranger don't bring in his policies because you already got the policies. So when a stranger come among you, you got to make sure you in the driver's seat when the stranger approach you with a proper uh, a proposition, a propaganda. You got to drive seat. And that's a law from the Almighty. So now you speak in his face by saying in the order knowing the fact that you have to lead to those that want salvation. So now, you're not leading if you is following Christians, Christianity, Lord God, and Jesus, because you can trace that back to 1441. So if you're a Christian, Christianity, Christ-like, every day is traced back to Yes, there in 1441, the Roman Catholic Pope commissioned his people, the Portugal Nation and Spain Nation, to put the children of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi into perpetual slavery if they not want to become a Christian. So if you are Christian, you don't have your foundation. Your, your forefathers and mothers died not to be a Christian. Your forefathers and mothers found out that they have to be a Christian. They taken their babies themselves and killed them themselves. They killed the baby themselves to not be a Christian. And now that is a common word to those of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. All the other tribes, I'm a Christian. Not knowing that the foundation is right there, black and white. Every time you say you're a Christian, everybody from 1441 of the Roman Catholic just laugh at you. Just laugh at you. 
that they, they ain't figured this thing out yet. But if you're the man to help, figure it out. It's called Voices of the True Israelites, the sixth known encampment of Yahweh. We have to figure this out and through the scriptures. That if you only bring up Pope Nicholas the Fifth and his famous paper bull and just read it. Do the research. Read it. Look at your forefathers and mothers, how they died not to be a Christian. And now you Christian gone and Christian born. You hear that? Big trouble. So now so that's what we mean by when Sister Judy read by seek his faith. You're not seeking his faith being no Christian. So the faith when you pray, the faith that you see is Caesar Boy J. Right. A pale, white skinned man with horse or hair. That's what you see in the image of your prayer. You don't see what's written in this Bible. And as long as you don't see what's written in this Bible, hey, so do it, give me Hosea 5.15. Give me 5.15. So it's Hosea 5.15. So if you don't see what's written in this Bible, you're going to pay a gruesome price. And we and we come home and tell you this. If you don't start looking at this Bible and putting this thing together, I don't care how many degrees you got on the wall, you got to put this thing together now. And the best way you put it together is by locking in with the six anointed cancer bosses of the two Israelites. Take note. Ask questions. The international line is 224-600-5579. One of the six anointed cancer get back with you. <laughs> They'll help go tripping with you. Show you that you didn't have. With a, with a meek spirit, not a baseball spirit out the head, show you where you've been had at. Now look what it says in Hosea chapter 5, What it says to Judy, what it say? Hosea chapter 5, verse 15 reads, I will go and return to my place, to their knowledge, their offense, and seek my faith. And, and in their affliction, they will seek me early. Again, again, he don't say to seek my faith. Again, he don't say it again. You got to seek his faith. See, he already knew what they were going to paint on him. He already knew what uh, young man spoke of. 348. He already knew this from Isaiah 46, 9 through 11, called the end from the beginning. He already knew this. Look what got written in 1 Maccabees 3, 48. What is that young line, Brother Titus? Come on. The book of 1 Maccabees, chapter 3, verse 48 reads, And lay open the book of the law. Whereas the heathen, nation of Esau, the spies of Amalek, has sought to paint the likeness of their image. You see it? They look, they, it was prophesied that they were going to go right in your record and redo your record, then paint themselves in there. Now look at, look at every book you get. Every Bible you get now from the Catholic Church and any of them, they got all type of 
he's going to inspire some pictures in the dump. And they ain't ran company. If, if you know they was going to do it. So now when you open your Bible and when you watch the Ten Commandments, you always see he's going to inspire some perpetrators to do it. And you ask your grandparents, you can ask your niece, two years old, which which one these what you what was Jesus look like? And you open up that book at two years old, that's how you gonna mess them up in the womb. See you know, you understand know something? You know, like we're gonna get on the reason why people belly is the, the big thing you call about so we don't call their name about a problem with our belly. And we'll tell you about that a little bit later. But it'll tell you something. Your sperm is full of everything that causes all type of bacteria and everything else. When you produce that offspring, that offspring is going to be just as wicked as your sperm is. And if, and if that female that's carrying it don't have that baby, and the womb, talking about some dust as Yahweh, it's going to come out automatically. When that baby gets two, three years old, they'll show you these fights our white man deep. See, that's why you got me, man. This is, a, this is some uh, propaganda that got to be broken. As a matter of fact, um, in Second Corinthians, Sister Judas, uh, 10, verse 4, and 5, can you have to see out one more time? Second Corinthians, chapter, what I say, 4, 10, verse 4, 5, what I, what I say, I forgot. Second Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 4, 5. I said 10, 4, and 5. We talk. We talk from city out the time. When we talk it long with because you you want me certain things and all of a sudden you have to give you a, a spirit that says, Look here, put second Corinthians chapter ten, four and five in there. So you gotta you gotta follow what he say. Now what do it say? That's why you gotta be paying attention to that pen and that book. Don't get distracted. Chapter ten, verse four and five. Put the Jews what it say. Second Corinthians. Chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. Verse 4 reads, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mightly through Yahweh to the pulling down of strongholds. Mm-hmm. Verse 5 reads, Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of Yahweh and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Yahweh the Son. See, we gotta cast down. This is a oh Christianity. It have messed up our closest family member. It have messed up our mother, father, brother. Christianity have made us study hard, be part of the propaganda 
We got love. What it took line and seek in Christianity, like my Lord God and Jesus. I mean, they is tied to the hip in it. And they thinking they have advanced themselves by being. Remember, Roman Catholic Church, Islam and Judaism. No. Not if you were bloodline Israelite, no. That was the propaganda that was, that was laid out in the book of Avenue 57, 1 through 11. Number one group is
I want you to write some of my book in Psalm 83. I want you to put it in right. And I bet you it would not be a part ever read these verses in Psalm 83. Think of it, verse 3, just read a little bit. I want to know what religion, Catholic, Islamic, Judaism, whatever you call yourself, what ministry ever read Psalm 83, verse 3, then they found on the death of either city people? Where did they do it? This old theater tape. Call me on the international line and message me to me. I want to know what's after What's this man that ever read Psalm 83, verse 3? Check out the rest of your line. The book of Psalms, chapter 83, verse 3 reads, They have taken crafty counsel against your people, consulted against your hidden ones. Verse 4, they have said, huh, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. Verse 5, for they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederates against you. Verse 6, the tabernacle of Esau and the Israelites of Moab and the Hangarim. Verse 7. Good. That's good. All I need three names. So you see who who the leading group that cut you off from being a nation. The leading group that cut you off from being a nation. It was prophesied in a thousand BC when all twelve tribes of Israel was up on the gate. David said, Well, I know. He said, David said, you know, Sister Judith. He said, Now when you told me that, David made a profound statement. In the seventh chapter of Second Samuel, Sister Judith. Now he said he told David that they won't cut him off from being a nation. Now David was the king of Israel. He all beat down all his foes. Everybody was quiet. So David said to himself, "They gonna cut you mean?" The people that up under my rule today, one day would not know who they are. You know what? You know what David was following to that. In Second Chronicles, I mean Second Samuel seven, them. What he said in verse nineteen. Second Samuel seventeen. I mean seven, verse nineteen. What did he say behind that statement right there? What did he say after the Jews? Second Samuel chapter seven verse nineteen. Verse nineteen reads, And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Yaquan. But thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. 
And is, and is this the manner of man, O Yahweh? He said, you have spoken about the children of Israel would not remember nothing but what, what kind of time? A great while to come. See, a thousand B.C., they knew who they were. They had their images and everything else. They knew exactly who they were talking about. But when that prophecy is now, right now, right now we don't have a clue who we are, our responsibility. We don't have a clue. We know we Israel, but we have nothing that we supposed to do this by. Nothing. That's why the atomic was just a days ago. Do you know every student of Israel folks got that anointing? But this ain't no never mind. Because they only just look at this Bible and know it. And it go about their business. That's why I tell you it's 13 chapters. Ain't with two thirds going to make it anyway. Because we you don't believe this Bible. Because you're not speaking you speak in the face of somebody that looks like somebody else. That's what you know. You see his face, you will have a 428 uh, young line, Brother Titus. You have a 428 in the Masonic Council of the group. You be a 428 all day long. What is that, Baruch 428? Go to the book of Baruch, chapter 4, verse 28. But as it was your mind to go astray from Yahweh, so being returned, teach him ten times more. Do you be doing? You see what you'll be doing, and who are you in 3, verse 4? And who are you will be doing, and what kind of labor he got over you? What kind of label he got on you at 3 verse 4? Then skip down to verse 10 and read a little bit. Book of Baruch, chapter 3, verse 4 and verse 10. Book of Baruch, chapter 3, verse 4. Oh, Yahweh Almighty, you, Yahweh of Israel, hear now the prayer of the dead Israelites. Prayer of the who? The prayer of the who? Of the dead Israelites. Dead Israelites. You see, you see, you see what he said? Here's a prayer of a dead Israelite. You see what we become now? Dead Israelites. Get down to verse number. Make a change. Get down to verse 10. Let's read a little bit. Get out. Come on. Book of Baruch. Chapter 3. Verse 10. How happened it, Israel, that you are in your enemy's land, that you are waxing old in a strange country, that you are defiled with the day? Wait, wait, wait a minute, young man. Wait a minute. You mean Baruch put a name on the people's each that Read that again for the ninth north. Read that again. It's dead Israelite. Now, Baruch is saying, what he's saying, matter of fact, back to verse 9, just make it sound good. Read verse 9 and verse 10 
for those sins and get out. What is that in verse 9 and 10? Book of Baruch, chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Book of Baruch, chapter 3, verse 9 reads, Hear, Israel, the commandment of light. Give ear to understand wisdom. Verse 10. How happy is Israel, that you are in your enemy's land, that you are waxing old in a strange country, that you are defiled with the dead. Verse 11, that you are counted with them that go down into the grave. Verse 12, you have forsaken the fountain of wisdom. Verse 13, if you had walked in the way of Yahweh, you should have dwelt in peace forever. Verse 14, learn where is wisdom. Where is truth? Where is understanding? That you may know also where is lit of day and light. Where is the light of the eye and peace? Let's 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 so you see, what Baruch said, now you know Baruch was, you see Baruch, you know he, he got to decide himself. We're not going to read what Baruch he got beside himself. And Yahweh told Jeremiah, said, Baruch, I still teach you, Baruch. What you think about yourself? <clears throat> he said, you go to tell Baruch. Well, Baruch thought, worry about his old piece of house and that old big-legged woman he had. And he had all stashed uh, to the side. Oh, oh, oh. oh woe is me. And Yahweh told Jeremiah, <laughs> Yahweh. Now, Brother Mackay, uh, you 
Hallelujah. 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 Listening 
and watching TikTok. So, voice of the true Israelites say, hey, we got some dust edge, Yahweh. We need to throw on that too for you. So, we got our TikTok page at B-O-T-T-Y, Tribe, Y-H-D-A. Over to you, say Israel of the Roy. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. And that was excellent. And, and to those that hear our voice, uh, get in where you fit in at. Wherever you think your talent is best used, we have a system on the camp, so, um, you know, get in where you fit in at. You're like the young line saying, um, you can go to TikTok. Maybe you might know something else. Maybe you might know a broadcast where your Christian pastor needs to be hearing some of this thing because he on hijack your, your, your loved one. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just what you can do. I mean, you know, you know, if you want to be behind the scenes, that's a great thing. You know, y'all well, see you. But whatever you think you can do to get into this ministry, donate to this ministry. Remember, land, school, banquet hall, you know, we're all about that. And whatever your talent is, you know, you have done your talent in paganism. And, and Lord God, Jesus Christ, and the Roman Catholic Church, and you found out all that's going to get you thrown in the bottom of the lake of fire. Don't you want to repent and do the right thing? Huh? Because that's going to get you thrown in. They're going to get you thrown in the bottom of the lake fire. 6624, it's no way you're getting around. If you're a Christian, Islamic, Judaism, you will not be in that number. Because when it's all said and done, see, we can show you when it's all said and done. A young mm-hmm. line brother, Makaya, in the 21st chapter, uh, um, let me tell you something. See, when it's all said and done, I just want to show you something. When it's all said and done, and the 21st chapter, 1, 2, and 3, get down 10 through 12, 10 through 14. Let me tell you something. Remember, John is writing the hereafter. 117 through 19 and 41. He's in, he's in prison, exiled to the isle called Patmos. The angel came in and told him, since you're there, you might want well write this down exactly how it's going to be, but John. So in the 21st chapter, 1, 2, and 3, and skip down to 10 through 14 there, Brother Makai, and, and let's see what the Christian, Islamic, Judaism be in a lead role in the number of end time prophecies. I mean, in the lead role. There's going to be some that make it, but you know, they're going to make it by being a stranger mm. that's following you, not you mm. following them. You following them going to get you thrown in the bottom of the lake of fire. John said to talk about the hereafter in 21, 1, 2, 3. On what he said. Then we'll skip down to 10 to 14. What is that young line, Brother Makaya? Come on. We're going over to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. We want 1, 2, 3. We're going to drop down, read verse 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. The book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse number 1 reads <clears throat> And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The new Yadah Judah, coming down from Yahweh out of heaven, 
prepared as a bride adored for her husband. Excuse me, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the temple of Yahweh is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and Yahweh himself shall be with them and be their Yahweh. Verse number 10, carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the righteous Yadah descending out of heaven from Yahweh. Verse 11, having the greatness of Yahweh and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Verse 12, and had a wall great and high, and had 12 gates, and at the gate 12 ministering spirits, the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. On the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates, 14. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the Twelve, uh, the name of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Now you hear that? Now, if if you know how this thing gonna gonna end up, and and when it get in their position, it was prophesied there, Brother McCarry, in two twenty five to twenty nine, exactly what's gonna be going on. See, it's written in the Bible. But I just want to know what ministry ever showed you these verses. It's prophesied now. It's going to be three gates on the, well, north, east, south, west. That's 12 tribes of Israel. So the whole world would be expanded to the 12 tribes of Israel. And guess what they're going to be doing there? What are they going to be doing there according to Revelation 2, 25 to 29? Uh, Brother McKay, what are they going to be doing? The book of Revelation, chapter 2, 25 down to 29, verse 25 reads, But that which you have already hold fast, excuse me, verse 25, but that which you have already hold fast till I come, 26, and he that overcome and keep my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Verse 27, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to to shivers. Even as I received of my father. Verse 28, and I will give him the morning star. Verse 29, he that have an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says unto all the congregation of the children of Israel. You see that? So you see, now if you if you can read how this thing gonna be, it lets you know you will return back into rulership. And those are the other nations that make it. That means that means they be unconverted and they be following the six anointed camp. Because you have the power to rule those that contrary with a rod of iron. 
you can bang them on the knees real good with a rod of iron. So when the other nation that converts, which they're going to do it, understand it's not going to be no rainbow conversion. It's going to be you in control, and if they walk right, talk right, then they're going to be all right. But you will be in rulership. So we try to prepare you for what it's going to be. Because what we've been told through Christianity, it's going to be kumbaya, rainbow. No, it's going to be rainbow, but it will be the tribe will be the 12 tribes of Israel. The apostles will be over them, and Yahweh the Son, and the Father. That's how it's going to be. See? I mean, that's a lovely thing. But you got to get out of what you own now, because what you own now is going to get you thrown in the bottom of the lake of fire. It ain't going to add up, and you'll be feeling, you're going to look back at your time, if you put your tithe, free will off, and donations in it, and your time, and find out all of it for nothing. Because he's going to tell you, like he said in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, never knew you. Get away from me. I sent the six anointed camp to show you that that was not the right way. But you paid them no never mind. So now, you're going to pay the, the gruesome price. So now, now we're finally made it back to our elder in that Deuteronomy 32. Now, elder in that Deuteronomy 32, verse number 5, we're going to read till we get our point. So, remember Moses said to the Almighty Yahweh, hey, Yahweh, we are a separate people from all the nations. You didn't correct Moses on that because the children of Israel is the firstborn as a nation. And you know, in the Bible, the firstborn gets the first everything. So the firstborn is the children of Israel in 422 or Exodus, but they the firstborn of a bit of nation. So that means the firstborn are passing out all the wealth going to come to the children of Israel. And that's why they want to cut you off from being who you are, but you never realize that you got inherited coming. And, and, and how you got it coming first. You're the first of the nation he ever chosen, the children of Israel. And that's in Exodus 4.22. See? Born, get the blessing. See? That's the way it goes. So now, back to our Elder, in the 32nd chapter, Elder, we won't see what well, just a hammer approach uh, to tell these people who they are. We will look at Verse number six. And we're going to read down to verse 10 there, Elder. Deuteronomy 32, six down to verse 10. Elder, y'all done. I mean, Elder, Mr. Chill of Israel. You're back on the clock. Come on. Where's our Elder at? Hallelujah. All right. Reading reading verses six to verse number 10. Six says, Do you thus require the Yahweh, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath brought thee? Had he not made thee and established thee? Seven, 
Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, he will show thee. Ask the elders, they will tell thee. Eight. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the family of Israel. Nine. For the Alphonse portion is his people. Israel is the lot of his inheritance. Ten. He found him in a desert land and in the waste hollowing wilderness. He laid him about. He instructed him. He kept him as an apple of his eye. Children of the twelve tribes as the apple of his eye. Now, what ministry, what's your name? Elbow read that verse and stopped him and, and, and compounded on it. What ministry? What ministry ever said that the children of Israel is the apple of the Almighty's eye? He instructed them. He kept them as the apple of his eye. Now, what ministry ever read that verse to you? What's your name? What pastor? When? How? What did he say? He, he couldn't tell you that. You know why he could tell you that? Because he know one thing. That, that the whole Christianity going to come down on him and uh, do him not good. You know. Let me get a precept on that, Adam. Let me get a precept on that. Because I'm still thinking about, I'm confronted on what the Judas have read about if they seek my faith. See, that's why we're going back to that in a minute. But let's get a precept on that in First Kings. Now, this is the king of Israel. The uh, second king of Israel. Third king of Israel. So, there's only three kings that control the whole 12 tribes of Israel. The Benjamite, Saul, David, and the son Solomon. After that... We've been in trouble ever since. But Elder was killed. Look what it says in verse 53 of the 8th chapter, first Kings. Elder was killed. What it says in first Kings, chapter 8, verse 53. Okay, that was uh, first Kings. Uh-huh. Chapter 8. Chapter 8. Verse number 53 says, verse number 53, For thou didst separate them from among all the people of the earth, to be thy inheritance, as thou speakest by the hand of Moses thy servant, when thou broughtest our fathers out of Egypt, O Yahweh. Mm-hmm. He said, and thou didst separate them from among all the peoples of earth. Did you understand that? And he did separate them, 12 tribes of Israel, from all of the nations of the earth. Then he told them something. He told them something. And verse number 44, let's read a little bit to get our point. Now, he, now he's going to make a point with them. He separates them people. But then Solomon had something to Yahweh, 
you tell the people. And let's see what he says in verse 44. We'll read down until we get our point. We'll read straight on down until we get our point. Pick up verse 44 there, come on. 1 Kings chapter 8, reading from 44 on. 44 says, And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying, all his prayer and supplication. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, look at, okay, hold on, look at 44 real carefully. Oh, look at verse 44. Yep, 44. Okay. Verse number 44, reading on. 44 says, If thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whether so, whithersoever thou hast send them, and shall pray unto the aqua toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house that I have built for thy name. 45. Then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause. 46. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy. So they may carry them away captive unto the land of the enemy far or near. 47. Yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land whether they were carried captives and repent and make supplications unto thee in the land of them that carried them captive, saying, We have sinned and have done perversely. We have committed wickedness. 48. And so return unto thee with all their mind and with the, all their soul in the land of their enemies, which led them away captive, and pray unto thee toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers, the city which thou had chosen, and the house which I have built for my name. 49. Then hear thou their prayer and their supplications in heaven, thy dwelling place, and maintain their cause. 50. And forgive thy people that have sinned against thee, and all their transgressions, wherein they have transgressed against thee, and give them compassion before them, who carried them captive, that they may have compassion on them. 51. For they be thy people, and thine inheritance, which thou hast brought us, forth out of Egypt, from the midst of the furnace of iron. 52. Excellent. Excellent. So now you see, now you see what you got to do. That's what you got to do is them. You accepted people, and you went into captivity because of your sin. But if you return back from your sin and put down everything that the world has taught you, and come back to this book and know who you are. And again, seek his faith. That's what you got to seek. His faith. His faith is not nowhere in the Christian establishment. His faith is nowhere in Islamic establishment. His faith is nowhere in Judaism. So if you're in any one of them three, his faith is not in there. You're not reading the Bible and praying to the one of the Bible. You're praying to something that's been made up, of course, 348, which the young lion read earlier. 
So now, now the angel came down to the Judas in the 81st chapter. The angel came down. And he uh he he hemmed David up in the eighty first chapter of Judas. He he hemmed him up because David, you know, he wanted to do right, but he had a lot of witnesses going on. But he wanted to do right. So in the eighty first chapter of Judas, let's look at verse seven and let me let me check about it for a minute before you go to verse eight. What do you say that we can read in Psalms 81, verse number 7? Look at this. Psalms chapter 81, verse 7 reads, Thou callest in trouble, and I deliver thee. I answer thee in the secret place of, of thunder. I prove thee at the waters of Meribah. Meribah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, now listen. He said, now, you, you call in trouble. You call. And, and, and I showed up. And showed up for you, right? Yeah. It's I've done my thing. Which, when you're right, I'm going to show up and do my thing with you. What do you say in verse 8? Now let's read a little bit. Verse 8. Psalms chapter 81, verse 8. Verse 8 reads, Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. Verse 9 reads, There shall no stranger, Yahweh, be in thee. Neither shall thou worship any strange uh, uh, any strange on un, on un Yahweh. Verse ten. Verse ten. I am the Yahweh, thy Yahweh, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Mm-hmm. Verse Remember eleven. But my verse eleven reads, But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. Verse twelve reads, So I have so I give them up unto their own minds, lust. And they walk in their own counsels. Verse thirteen reads, Oh that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. Verse 14 reads, I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. Verse 15 reads, The haters of the Yaqua should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. Verse 16 reads, He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, and with honey out of the rock should I have Sanctify thee. Satisfy thee. Mm-hmm. So you see, yeah, he, 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 um, he had a ring, told, the angel told David exactly, you know, um, if they just want to listen to me. But we have a tendency, we don't listen. We won't listen. 
Now, young line of Brother Titus, that um, yep. we just won't listen to him. So now, in, um, you read that already in Philippians 1, 28, down to verse 30. We got that out the way already. Second Ezra chapter 15. Let's read a little bit. Speaking of verse number 8. Let's take our time to read a little bit and see what is this saying here. This prophecy about old seer, Ezra, the angel was talking to him about something. Let's see, can we get a, get a hold to what he's saying? And second, Ezra, out of the pocket of books, one that the, that the Protestant Church taken out in 1885. Let's talk about what they got going on in second Ezra 15, verse 8. Let's read a little bit there. Young line, about time to come up. The book of second Ezra is a seer. Chapter 15, verse 8 reads, I will hold my tongue no more as touching their wickedness, which they profanely committed. Neither will I suffer them to those things in which they wickedly exercise themselves. Behold, the innocent and the righteous blood cried unto me, and the souls of the just complain continually. Verse 9. And therefore said Yahweh. What that point, Yahweh? Hold on, hold on, Second Ezra chapter 15. I'm at uh, verse 10. Second Ezra. Verse 9. Verse 9. Yeah, verse 9. verse 9. Second Ezra chapter 15, verse 9. Read. And therefore said Yahweh, I will surely avenge them and receive unto me all the innocent blood from among them. Verse 10. 
Behold, my people is led as a flock to the slaughter. I will not suffer them now to dwell in the land of Egypt. Verse 11. Hold well, I will bring there. them. Hold that point. What do you mean I'm not going to suffer them to, to uh, stay in the land of Egypt? So we got to do a little precept on that because the mass and the audience will look back and say, no, they're out of Egypt. But they don't know Egypt is a, is a Greek word. Mm-hmm. It's not as but we let that slide, they don't say, oh, that happened already because they left Egypt. But, but, but see, we know from the Sixth account that's a Greek word. And that word means, and when you when you precept your Bible, Brother uh, Micaiah in the King chapter of the book of Exodus, that word has a profound meaning to it. See, mm-hmm. see, get in there and Drop that word in on Mizraim, and and then we'll let that word go real past. But fixing on the camps know how to hear the right thing and say, wait a minute, this word Egypt, that's a Greek word. Huh? So the word Egypt, Egyptian, that's Greek talk. That ain't talking Bible. What you trying to hide from me? So we go on to the 13th chapter and look at verse 1, 2, and 3. And I meet you in the 20th chapter, verse 1, 2, and 3. Of Exodus. Precept that young line, Brother McCallion, let's see if we find what that word Egypt means to the children of Israel. Uh, what, what, 13, what was that? 2 and 3. 13, 1, 2, and 3, and 21, 2, and 3. What do you mean, that young line? Come on. All right. Can I drop verse 14 down in that too, or Exodus 13? Hallelujah. Well, drop it in there. Drop it in Hallelujah. there. The book of Exodus, chapter 13, verse 1, 2, and 3, and verse 14. The book of Exodus, chapter, and then we're going to Exodus, chapter 20, verse 1, 2, and 3. The book of Exodus, chapter 13, verse 1, down to 3, verse 1, reads, And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, verse 2, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever opened the womb among the children of Israel, the man in of beasts. It is mine. Verse 3. And Moses said unto the people, Remember the day in which you came out of <clears throat> Remember the day in which you came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage by the strength of hand of of hand the Yahweh brought you out from this place. There shall no leaven bread be eaten. Verse fourteen And it shall be when your son asks you in time to come. Saying, what is this that you shall say unto him? By strength of hand of the Yahweh, brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. The book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 1 down to verse number 3. Verse 1 reads, And Yahweh spake all these words, saying, verse 2, I am the Yahweh, your Yahweh, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of the house of bondage. Verse 3. You should have no Yahweh before me. And, and, and who he telling that to, that young line in, the, in Deuteronomy 5, verse 1 and 6? Who he telling that tall talk to? Is it, is it specific people need to know this information? According to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 1 and 6. 
All right. We're going to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to read chapter 5, and we want verse number 1, and we want to read verse number 6. We're going to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 1, and verse 6. We want the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 1, and verse 6, verse 1, read. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statue that you may learn them and keep and do them. Verse 6, I am the YSWHO Yahweh, which brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You see that? So when we see this word Egypt, that's a Greek word for for a a slavery word for you bondage in me. But we 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 can even show you according to scripture what kind mm. of slavery mm. if this word is to you. Mm. When you just you hear this word Egypt, which is a Greek word, the Bible mm-hmm. even tell you what kind of bondage this is. You know that? That word is supposed to give you the eating Because your forefathers and mothers went through um uh young line brother Micaiah. They went through um one verse twelve. Yeah, well, I'll one twelve through fourteen. Let's see what it says in Exodus chapter 1, verse 12 down to verse 14. That's how kind of bondage this is when we hear this word called Egypt or Egyptian people. What kind mm-hmm. of bondage is we can read in 1, 12 through 14? Come on. Hallelujah. The book of Exodus chapter 1, verse 12 down to verse number 14. Verse 12 reads, But the more you afflict, but, but the more they afflict them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. 13. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Verse 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard body and motor and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. You see that? So when the children of Israel hear this word, they understand this word is a Greek word for hard bondage. I I mean, you went through it. See, so that was the word Egypt means to you, hard bondage. So he let you know that by you not don't want to serve me, you going back off into hard bondage. And that's what you hear today. But you don't but you don't believe that. You just no. get along to get along. But mm-hmm. you don't know you in hard bondage as we speak. That's so they come home to show you. Take a look at his book. He said you gotta seek his faith. Now come on back to that young line, brother Titus and read a little bit more. And that's second Ezra fifteen. So come chuck that at. What else you got there laying around in the, in the next verse? Come on. Hallelujah. All right, Second uh, Ezra, chapter 15, verse 11. Well, I will bring them with a mighty hand and a stretch out arm. It's Mike, Egypt, meaning the land of bondage. 
I will destroy all the land thereof. Verse 12. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's going to pledge them as what again in your line, verse 11? Hmm. He's going to pledge them what are you going to plug a <laughs> uh, uh, faith with according to verse 11 again? As what again? Second Ezra chapter 15, verse 11 reads, But I will bring them with a mighty hand and a stretched mm-hmm. out arm. It's by Egypt mm-hmm. and the bondage with plagues mm-hmm. and will destroy all the land thereof. So this, so this, so this bondage right here is Triumph uh, gloriously, 
the horses and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Verse 2. The Yahweh is my strength and son, and he is become my salvation. He is my Yahweh, and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's Yahweh, and I will exalt him. Verse 3. The Yahweh is a man of war. The Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariot in his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drawing in the red seas. Verse 5, the depth have covered them. They sank into the bottom of as a stone. Verse 6, the right hand of Yahweh has become glorious in power. The right hand of Yahweh have dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellency, and you has overthrown them that rose up against you and sent forth your wrath, which consumed them as stumble. Verse 8. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the death were congelled in the mind of the sea. Verse 9. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the sport. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. Verse 11, I mean, excuse me, verse 9. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Verse 10, you did blow with your wings. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty water. Verse 11. Who is like unto you, O Yahweh, among the Yahweh? Who is like you, glorious and righteous, fearful and Good. great? Glory one. Read verse uh, 10 again. 10 again in your line. <laughs> verse 10, read. You did blow with your wings. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty water. You see what happened now? So you see, he said, I'm going to pledge them as once before. He said, they sank like mighty waters then, but I'm going to plague them. They gonna, this time they're going to sink with some fire. See, y'all, why well, don't do the water thing no more? He's going to deny the next time us as the plague before. That's why we say, we better learn about his faith. Now, now we're going to get back to now his faith now, Sister Judas. But 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 one thing about it cannot be this right here. So now in the in in Leviticus, there, Sister Judas, you have those see up in thirteen chapters. See, see, Yahweh got. He gonna tell you what he got to do with this right here. So if you see any of this and anybody got the mouth going on this right here, then you already know. What this verse is saying in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 30, 36, 44, and 45. And he's going to answer to it too. Leviticus chapter 13, verse 30, 36, 44, and 45. What it says is Jewish. 
Leviticus chapter 13, verses 30, 36, 44, and 45. Verse 30 reads, Then the priest shall see the plague, and behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin, and there be in it a yellow thin hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a dry scale, even a leprosy upon the head or beard. Verse 36 reads. Hold that one. So if you see anybody that's trying to cheat, and they got yellow hair, means blonde hair, and they they got their mouth going, they might come into class and want to fix them on camp. So if they got that yellow hair in their head, you know one thing, they misinformed, so they both be denounced right away, that you even know that with that yellow hair in your head, blonde hair, more fun, that's only for a, a thing television broadcast. That ain't got nothing to do with the Bible. So you see with that blonde in their hair, like Beyonce, and you already know this is not a Yahweh, this is a thing itself. Verse 36. Verse 36 reads, Then the priest shall look on him, and behold, if the scale be spread in the skin, the priest shall not speak your yellow hair, he is unclean. Poor yellow hair, he is unclean. Verse 44 reads, So if they have blonde, that was yellow hair, me. Oh, you clear about it. Yellow hair is blonde hair. So if anybody you know or see with blonde hair, according to the Bible, says Judas, they are what? What are they according to the Bible? Mm-hmm. What are they according to the Bible? You see anybody according to the Bible, according to the Bible what that makes them is, according to the Bible? And they he what? is unclean. Or she. Or she is unclean. Here she is unclean. Right. If you see the male got the, the, the yellow hair on their beard and got a little streak in it, same thing. Don't make no difference. The, the women has got the, the, the two-tone hair, black and, and gold, and then black and yellow, I mean blonde. According to the Bible, they what? What are they? He or she is unclean. So now, what do they supposed to do when they come in contact with a member of the sixth anointed camp the bosses of a Jewish wife? What do they supposed to do according to verse 44 and 45? Verse 44 reads, He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in in his head. Verse 45 reads, As the leopard in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. So when they come around any other section on the camp, according to verse 45, what will be the first thing to come out of their mouth there? According to verse 45 there. Unclean, unclean. You're supposed to cry it out. I'm unclean, I'm unclean. 
And if we look at the end, yeah, I see why. You are crazy. You got that blonde hair on your beard, blonde hair on your head. You are clean, according to the Bible. You see that? Great. Now, um, your line, Brother Titus. Yes, sir. I want to take a little more look at this situation because um, Mary was the leader of the women, and she and she want to run her fat mouth. And she want to run her fat mouth. She everybody got a place, but she want to run her fat mouth. And let's let's define what happened to her. She want to run her fat mouth to the leaders that was over her. She wants to run her fat mouth. Let's see how Yahweh looked at that and what did he do behind that for so we understand that it's order about everything. We're going to uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 9 down to verse 13. Let's, let's see what's going on in Numbers chapter 12, verse 9 down to verse 13. Let's see. Going to the book of Numbers. Chapter 12, verse 9 and 13. Numbers chapter 12, verse 9 reads, And the anger of Yahweh was kindled against them, and he departed. Verse 10 reads, And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Verse 11. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Yahweh, I beseech you, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Now hold that point. Verse 12. Hold that point. What did, um, what did Yahweh do to make Aaron make such a respond like that. What what did he do? I mean, um, what did he do? Uh, back when he said first again, what did Yahweh do? He was angry. So what did he do to make Aaron respond to Moses like tone of voice? What did he do? According to that prior verse there. What did he do there, young line? Read again and expound on what, what did he do to make Aaron Go run over to Moses with that kind of temperament. What did he do that we can read? Come on. The book of Numbers, chapter 12, verse 9. I mean, verse 10. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, mirror became left white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam. And behold, she was left. Verse 11. And Aaron said to Moses, At last, my Yahweh, I beseech you, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we yeah. have sinned. Well, okay, well, one of you young lions kind of break that down for the national. What, 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 what's going on here? What is, what is the demeanor of Yahweh? And what did he do to cause an uproar to the leadership of Moses is the seer? No, Moses is the Yahweh, and Aaron is the seer. What 
Everybody needs to be informed of. Who will break that down for those kids in the national order? All right. We said that um, Aaron, Aaron and Miriam spoke again. Aaron Jaqua with his most. Aaron Jaqua, so they, they spoke foolishly against Jaqua, against the Northern leadership. And? And? And, and what? So, read verse one. So, yeah, read verse one. Okay, they well, told this. Um, well, hold on, hold on. I'm still with you. I want, I want that right there of nine through eleven. I don't know for the national audience what's going on between nine through eleven. I want to know, uh, Brother Macaulay. I like to know, and the national order like to know what is going on between. We know Yahweh is very mad. He's angry. He's very angry. And the leadership is in an uproar. What happened for them to be in such an uproar? And Yahweh is mad. What's really going on between the next two verses after 9, 10, 11? What, can, can y'all break that down? I, I want to stay right there for a minute. I want to <laughs> make sure we figure about what's going on between 10 and 11. So who wants to get in time and just break it down for the national order? What's really going on between 10 and 11? Well, we know that according to the book of Numbers, chapter 12, verse uh, 9 down to verse number 11, we know that Yahweh was angry against uh, uh, Aaron the seer and Miriam the sister of Moses and uh, Aaron the seer. Moses was the Yahweh at the time. And we know that... Uh, that anger that's on Yahweh, he came down and he made Miriam turn white as snow, left us, you know, because uh, she was speaking against the anointed leadership, Yahweh Moses at the time. And uh, Aaron said in his mind, he said, man, he, he, he asked, so, uh, he said, Moses, uh, I, I ask you, oh, Yahweh, uh, let not this sin come upon us. Because he said he done, they done foolishness. And uh, he don't want to be, uh, he know it was sin that he had committed. I ain't going to touch on number 12. I'm going to stop right there. Uh, he know the sin they had committed against Yahweh Moses, and it caused the Yahweh, uh, 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 Yahweh, Yahweh the son, to be angry against them and turn Miriam into leprous, which is white, like Esau them. Mm-hmm. So, um. By him turning him white, according to Christianity, that ain't no big deal because Christianity show you all day long white man, white man Jesus all day long, ain't eh? And that's in our mind when we pray. Remember, we said, if you seek my faith, then I hear. So turn you white, that, that should be no big deal because the Christian church. Every every picture in, in all of mine, even the pastors, is white man Jesus. So uh, that's gonna be no big deal according to the Christian church today, because in our mind and our mother's mind, that he is a white man. But and 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 they don't even know he is an Israelite. But the Israelites, uh, 
when Moses, when Aaron looked upon his sister, which was 86, he was 83, and Moses, 83, and Moses was 80, he seen something on her that he never seen before. She's 86 years old. Hallelujah. <laughs> he has never seen that look on the members of the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Yeah, what? Like, and we describe, but that looked like he said, that looked like, uh, what did he say? It looked like a tightness up a little bit. So, verse 12. Aaron ran over to the Yahweh. The Yahweh. Um, he says, uh, lay not, when he looked at his sister, he looked at his sister and said, what in verse 13 again? Yahweh. 
Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and manservants and maidservants? Verse 27. The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman, the cleaver of Naaman. Hold that point, young lion. Back and read verse 25 again, young lion. I want to know what's going on. Read verse 25. What's going on verse 25? Verse 25. But he went in, stood before his master, and Elisha said unto him, When come you, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant went no whither. Unclean. 
What made him unclean? What made him unclean? He wanted to be clean. But what made him unclean? The serious. That's what that really is. Abraham. But what made him unclean? Hmm? Do, 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 we, do we know what made him unclean? Back up to verse 2 and 3. So, you know, you know, I got my eyes on, on the young line. See, remember when we read this Bible, all of it, it's a message and everything. Remember, we we showing soundly about the people of the book and everybody else besides one people. So the little maid that was captured, she, she uh, made a profound statement in verse 2 and 3, Brother Titus. What did she say in verse 2 and 3? Second Kings chapter five, verse two and three. And the Syrians, who were of Arad, have gone out by couples and have brought away captives out of the land of Israel. A little maid, and she waited on Nabal's wife. Verse three. And she said to her mission, "For Yahweh, my Yahweh, but with the seer." That is, in Samaria, where he will recover him of his leprosy. The recovery of his what? Leprosy. So leprosy is what, according to verse 10? Uh, he wants to be recovered from his leprosy. So leprosy, according to verse 10, he wants, he wants to be what? See, leprosy... But according to verse 10, the seer told exactly what to do to get rid of that leprosy on Aram, which was a sin in a shim, because he wanted to be what in verse 10? Read 10 again. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 10 reads, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash the joy seven times. And your flesh shall come again unto you, and you should be clean. Clean from what? What do you want to be clean from? What? Leprosy. Leprosy. Oh. And um, what happened in verse 11? Verse 11. And Namaz was walked and went away and said, Behold, I thought. He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of Yahweh is Yahweh and strike his hand over the face and recover the left. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Yahweh. That's right. He tweeted. Verse 14. Verse 14. Then when he died, and dipped himself seven times in joy, according to the saying of the man of Yahweh. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of his little child. And he was clean. Oh, so Abraham, the the descendants the, the of Shem, first born descendants, they didn't mm-hmm. want to be. Um, so now we clear that Abraham is one of the. The son of 
him, which we mm-hmm. know how the genetic people. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to look like that neither, did they? They didn't want to look like um, <laughs> leopard. They didn't want to look like that, did they? Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to look like that. Uh, but yeah, now, well. back to, back to uh, this, this uh, servant of Yahweh, Yahweh, he dropped some line, didn't he? Uh, 
No, love your neighbors, love the uh, whoever your enemies, even if they do something wrong to you. Yeah, but 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 who is your who is your neighbor according to that verse? Because the Christian use that all day long. So who is your neighbor? He's telling you to love. Who is he talking about? Let's precept that because the verse come out like that. You uh, have a Christian sort of things thrown away. Now let's find out who your neighbor is. He's saying love, telling them to love their neighbor. If, you, if your neighbor goes out your head, give him some more head and all that stuff like that, he come out your neighbor. Can I go to the 19th chapter of the business and look at verse and we can find out who his neighbor is talking about. But we, but we be clear, you got to always make sure you don't take nothing for granted. But we got to know who he's talking about. He definitely wasn't talking about nobody in Rome going side to here. It's not like who he's talking about. Judas in the 19th chapter, verse 1 and 2. It's not like who he's talking to. <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 reads, And the Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Verse 2, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto, unto them. Talking to according to 19, 1 and 2. The congregation of the children of Israel. And what he said in verse 17, what he said in 17, 18 to them. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 reads, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thy mind. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer upon him, sin upon him. Verse 18 reads, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as Thyself, I am the young one. So when, so when, so when, so when he pulled that verse on the when you read, who was he specifically sending that message to there? According to nineteen one and two, who was that message for? Love your neighbor and don't hate your brother and all that good talk. Who was he talking to? Who was he addressing there? This is Judas according to nineteen one and two. The congregation of the children of Israel. All right. Write that down now. If you jump down that verse, remember, our job is it's dress up to the national Jump down that verse, the Navy talking about it's your own people, not the other nation. You wasn't telling you about in Rome. They had that hammer side to head. Now, go back to that fifth chapter again there, um that was Jackie Judy. Now we're going back. See, always some will come out of anything, but we gotta make sure we're clear that we're here to edify the national audience. The neighbor, your neighbor is your brothers of the 12 tribes. That's your neighbor. I was informed you about stop the killing of your people and love your brothers like yourself. And don't have no grudge against them. And that's what atonement was all about. So now, so we found out Galatia, I mean, the Hydra, he was doing a little line, one of their uh, brother Micaiah. He was doing a little line, wasn't he? And now, he was doing a line, so the fear had to uh, 
correct him, didn't you? Let's see what the seer did after he asked him a question again. Now it's like the verse again. So now the seer already laying back in the cut. You know, the angel already came to him and wired him up on what, what the homeboy was doing, you know what I'm saying? So he laying back in the cut. And here comes Galatians. Uh, um, well, I guess pronounce the name it now. So now, in the fifth chapter, so he, he comes, and see, going to ask him a question in verse 25. What are you saying again? Going back to the book of uh, Kings. Second Kings, chapter 5, verse, <clears throat> verse 25, read. The book of Second Kings, chapter 5, verse 25, read. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha, the seer, said unto him, Where come you? Gehazi. And he said, Your servant went nowhere. Verse 20. Verse 26. And he said unto him, Went not my mind with you when the man turned again from his chariot in Matthew? Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and manservants and maidservants? 27. The leprosy, therefore, of name shall cleave unto you and unto your seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Read verse 27 again. You know Verse 27. The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto you and unto your seed forever. And he went mm-hmm. out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Ain't that something? So the seer put the heaviest punishment he can put on, on Aram the descendants of Shem, about doing what to him, according to verse 27. What, what did he do there, young lion? What So to see a lady, a heavy punishment that he knows that for him, lying, he laid the most heavy punishment on him. And what was that? According to verse 27. He made him a, a leopard as white as snow. He made him to look like the descendants of Esau. So that's the worst anybody will look like in the Bible. It look like the sinners of Esau, the white man and the white woman. The children of Israel didn't want to look like that. Even the children of Shem didn't want to look like that. Or the head group. Nobody want to look like that, but everybody want to look like that now. Hey, Elvis Till, you got to close the same behind that Elvis Till, you on the clock, come out. All right. No ill. Okay, um, brother, um, uh, Pike. Yes, sir. Let's look at, let's look at Genesis 25, 23 down to verse 26. And it, and get a closer statement behind that. We're going to Genesis 25, 23 down to verse 26. What does that have? Brother Titus is Israel C. Roy. What it says we can read in Genesis 25, 23, out of verse 26. Go on to the first book of the law, 
chapter 25, verse 23 to 26. Genesis chapter 25, verse 23 reads, And Yahweh said unto her, Two nations are in your womb, and two matter of people should be separated from your body. And the one people should be stronger than the other people, and the elder should serve the young. Verse 24. And when our days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in our womb. Verse 25. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. Verse 26. And after that, I came his brother out. And his hand took hold on Esau's head. And his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was three scores years old when she buried him. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what kind of red is this according to Isaiah 29, 22, and close the that young line? What kind of red is this? that Esau and none of the children of Israel want to look like, and none of the children of Abraham want to look like, what kind of red was this that they didn't want to look like, according to Isaiah 29, 22? The book of Isaiah is here. Chapter 29, verse 22 reads, Therefore duck, dead Yahweh, who redeemed Abraham, concerning the family of Israel. Israel shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his faith wax pale. So what kind of red that the children of Israel, the children of Abraham, they want no part of? What kind of red, what kind of red they did not want to look like? What color? What kind of red was that? Uh, about Titus? Pale red. Pale red, blood show through your skin. They didn't want the blood to show through their skin. They didn't want to be pale red. The children of Aram didn't want to be pale red. And the children of the 12 tribes of Israel didn't want to be pale red. They didn't want their blood to show through their skin. So whoever that is today where the blood shows through their skin, you know exactly what the children of Israel did not want to look like, or the children of Abraham. Close saving that young line, brother Titus, action on your part, come on. I'm reading the book, I'm reading the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms, chapter 95, verse 3 and verse 6. Psalms 95, verse 3. For Yahweh is a great Yahweh and a great king. Above all false Yahweh. Verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before Yahweh, our maker. Hallelujah. 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 Excellent, young man. Now, Brother Micaiah, a famous time Israelite got caught up in the fourth chapter of Exodus. Let's talk about this great big old Israelite that got caught up and Yahweh got his attention by doing what? We go on Exodus chapter four, figure verse one, and we'll read down to verse number seven. 
and, let's, and, and we'll expound on what happened. Exodus 4, 1 through 7, Brother Makai, Israel, come on. All right, we're going to the book of Exodus, chapter 4, verse 1, down to verse number 7. The book of Exodus. Let me switch books here. Chapter 4. We'll pick it up at verse number 1. And we're going to read down to verse number 7. The book of Exodus. Chapter 4. Verse 1 reads. And Moses answered and said, But, behold, they would not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Yahweh hath not appeared unto you. Verse 2. And the wise W.H. Yahweh said unto him, What is that no, in your hand? Hold on. He says, And Yahweh have not appeared unto thee. You talking about Yahweh, you ain't you you ain't been around no Yahweh. So now up unto thee. Go ahead and read. Two. Verse number And the Yahweh said unto him, What is that in your hand? And he says, A rock. Verse 3. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Verse 4. And Yahweh said unto Moses, put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. Verse 5. And they may believe that the wise W.H. Yahweh of your father. Yahweh of Abraham, Yahweh of Isaac, Yahweh of Israel hath appeared unto you. Verse 6. And Yahweh said furthermore unto him, Put now your hand into your bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. Verse 7. And said, and he said, and he said, Put your hand into your bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. So according to verse 6, what was his hand turned to to get his attention? According to verse 6, that young line, what did Yahweh turn his hand to get his attention that he is the real deal. What did he have to do to Moses to get his attention in verse 6? He turns his hand leopard, white as snow. And that got his attention in it. So when Moses seen his hand white as snow, that got Moses' attention. You know, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Didn't it? Didn't it? Y'all mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, so he all ears on what Yahweh got to say. So he looked at that white hand on his, on his hand. What did Yahweh do? Explain, break down verse 7. What did Yahweh do to make sure you know I'm the real deal? What did he do in verse 7? He talked down to verse number 7. He told him to put his hand back in his bosom. And when he pulled his hand, and he put his hand back in his bosom, and he put it out. And he plucked it out. And it became towards his other flesh. So he turned back to the color it was. It wasn't white as snow anymore. It was black. So, so, it, so, so now he looked like uh, what? In a closing statement in Exodus two sixteen through nineteen. So now he looked like what? By getting his hand back, this other flush, 
the Levite Moses, so what he looked like in Exodus 2, 16-19, to close the statement that young line. So let's see what he looked like now in Exodus 2, 16-19, to close the statement. The book of Exodus, chapter 2, 16, down to verse 19, 16, read. Now the priest of Midian had seven doors, and they came and drew water, and filled the thoughts of water their father's flock. Verse 17. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Verse 18. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, how is it that you are come to soon today? I mean, how is it that you are come so soon today? Verse 19. And they said, an Egyptian delivered us out the hand of the shepherd and also drew water enough for us and water the flock. So when he put his hand back in his, in his bosom, his hand became to look like what there, young lion? According to like this, verse did. 19. Like oh. So you see, the children of Israel don't look like nobody over in the land of Israel today in power. Not wearing a Undertaker suit and, and Abraham leaking a party hat. It don't add up when you read Bible. So you got to seek his face. His face ain't like nothing going on in the United States leadership, Israel leadership, or Russia leadership. That's good. Y'all mind, close the second ticket time. It's all yours to the end of the broadcast. I'm through talking. It's all yours. Come on. Going to the book of Leviticus. I'm going to kick it right off, starting off with the book of Leviticus, chapter 23. We're going to pick it up at verse number 32. Down to verse number 36 The book of Leviticus chapter 23 Verse 32 reads It should be unto you a Sabbath of rest And you shall afflict your souls In the ninth day of the month And evening from even to even Till you celebrate your Sabbath Verse 33 And Yahweh spake unto Moses saying 34 Speak unto the children of Israel saying the 15th day of the seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days unto Yahweh. Verse 35. On the first day shall be an righteous gathering. You shall do no severe work therein. Verse 36. Seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Yahweh. On the eighth day shall be an righteous gathering unto you. And you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Yahweh, it is a solemn, serious assembly, and you shall do no surveil work therein. I want to thank Yahweh for another blessed day to read his word. Thanking Yahweh to have opportunity to know his wife, W.H. wonderful name, and opportunity to meet the Sith Israel, his servant, the Israel of Steve Roy. I also want to thank Yahweh for the opportunity to be able to teach my family the thus says Yahweh and the laws of Yahweh. Thank you, Yahweh, for the elders, the mothers, the teachers, and all the sisters on the camp. The brothers and sisters and all the sisters on the camp. I say, Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Well, I did say I'm still talking.
Hallelujah. Well, we're going back to the book of Leviticus, chapter 23. We'll pick it up at verse number 37. Just so we can be aware that we got this feast day getting ready to come up on the 15th day. That make it the 14th day when the sun goes down, make it the children of Israel the 15th day. We'll pick it up at verse 37. These are the feasts of the Yahweh, which you should, which you should proclaim to be righteous convocation to offer an offering made by fire to the Yahweh, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice and a drink offering, everything upon his day. 38. Besides the Sabbath of the Yahweh and besides your gift and besides all your vows and besides all your free will offerings which you give unto the Yahweh. 39. Also in the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you should keep a feast until the Yahweh seven days. On the 